Welcome to the Wisdom Calls channel, helping you understand the Bible better so you can have a better relationship with God and what your pastor never told you.com, helping you navigate the end times so you can stand firm until the return of Christ. Get ready. This is not your average Bible study. This is not for the faint of heart. If it's controversial and in the Bible, we'll talk about it. We are unashamedly, unabashedly, and unpredictably bringing out the truth in God's Word. And now, introducing your dynamic hostess with the mostest. She's an international speaker, author, and self-admitted nerd for the Word, Dana Crosby. How is the wrath of God going to be poured out in the last days? We're going to talk about that coming up next. Hey everybody, this is Dana with the Wisdom Calls channel and what your pastor never told you.com, helping you to understand the Bible better so that you can have a better relationship with God. Welcome to Bible study today. If you're new here, don't forget to smash that subscribe button down below. And maybe you've been a subscriber for a while, but I encourage you to go ahead and ring the alarm bell icon because that will give you notifications each and every time we upload a new video. As many of you know, we're in the middle of a thrilling series on end times Bible prophecy, what your pastor never told you about the book of Revelation. And we're uploading new content for you two to three times a week. So you won't want to miss a single video. Video. You won't want to get behind on those because each video is amazing. So make sure and ring that bell icon right next to the subscribe button. By way of review, let's talk a little bit about what we've covered so far. In Revelation chapters 5 through 11, we saw a chronology. We saw the seals being pulled off of the scroll and we read about the seven trumpets. When we come to Revelation 12 through 14, we see that this is no longer in chronology of what we've already read about. It's not adding on to that, but rather it's more of a parenthetical nature. What do I mean by that? It's filling in the gaps. It's giving us more details and from a slightly different perspective. We've seen this other places in the Bible. One such place is in Genesis where we read the chronology of creation and then we hear more details about that creation story. And that's what we're seeing here in these chapters. We also read that the wrath of God did not start until after the seals, until after the sixth seal. This is what what we read in Revelation chapter 6, verses 15 through 17. Then the kings of the earth, and the great men, and the commanders, and the rich, and the strong, and every slave and free man hid themselves in the caves and among the rocks and the mountains. And they said to the mountains and the rocks, Fall on us and hide us from the presence of him who sits on the throne and from the wrath of the Lamb. For the great day of their wrath has come, and who is able to stand? Today we are going to read about the end of God's wrath as detailed in Revelation 15. Last time we covered Revelation 14, and we read again about the 144,000, and it explains to us who those are. And it referenced again that which we had read about in Revelation chapter 7 about the 144,000 Israelis. In Revelation 14, there were also three angelic proclamations. Do you remember what they were? The first angelic proclamation, it was an angel sent out over the whole earth to proclaim the eternal gospel. Now, what would you think the eternal gospel would be? 
I think if you ask most Americans or most Christians what the eternal gospel would be, it would have something to do with Jesus saving us from our sins. But here's what the angel had to say. Fear God and give him glory because the hour of his judgment has come. Worship him who made the heaven and the earth and the sea and the springs of waters. That's a little different message than what we would think the eternal gospel is. And yet this is what the angel is told to preach across the entire world. The first thing is to fear God. I want to compare this with what other preachers of the gospel have preached in the Bible. Let's start with John the Baptist. In Matthew 3, verse verse 2, it says, Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Okay, so that's how John the Baptist preached the gospel. Repentance, in other words, fearing the judgment of God, repent of your sins. Because why? Because the kingdom of God is at hand. Let's look at what Jesus had to say when he preached. Let's see what Jesus preached. And from that time, Jesus began to preach and say, Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. So what are the common themes here? The angelic message was to fear God and to worship the creator of everything. John's message message and Jesus' message were pretty much identical. Repent, for the kingdom of God is at hand. Why do we need to repent? Why do we need to fear God? Because his judgment is coming. And I want to ask you, have you heard that gospel message preached in the churches that you go to or in any online or YouTube type church? Have you heard that message be preached in that way in the last 10 years? When people used to preach the gospel in this country, it was a message of repentance, turning away from your sin, and turning to God. But I will say that in the recent in recent decades, our churches have really veered away from that. They want to focus only on the grace of God. How can people understand the grace of God unless they understand the sentence that they're under? I've heard it said many times and maybe you have heard this as well. How can a good God send people to hell? But the question that we need to be asking ourselves is how can a good God a God that is perfect, a God that is completely just. How can a good God send any of us imperfect sinners to heaven? How can he be good and how can he be just if he lets us wicked people come into heaven? We cannot understand the grace of God until we understand the punishment that we really truly deserve. Here's another example for you from the scriptures. Isaiah, when he comes into the presence of God, here he is, the prophet of God. And listen what he says. Listen to what he says here in Isaiah chapter 6. In the year of King Uzziah's death, I saw the Lord sitting on his throne, lofty and exalted, with the train of his robe filling the temple. Seraphim stood above him. Now the word seraphim, I believe, just means flaming one. So these are part of the living creatures that we're going to talk about later in this chapter. So it says, Seraphim stood above him, each having six wings. With two he covered his face, and with two he covered his feet, and with two he flew. And one called out to another and said, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. The whole earth is full of his glory. And the foundations and the thresholds trembled 
at the voice of him who called out, while the temple was filling with smoke. And then I said, Woe is me, for I am ruined, because I am a man of unclean lips, and I live among a people of unclean lips. For my eyes have seen the king, the Lord of hosts. And then one of the seraphim flew to me with a burning coal in his hand, which he had taken from the altar with tongs. And he touched my mouth with it and said, Behold, this has touched your lips, and your iniquity is taken away, and your sins forgiven. We need to realize how desperately we need the forgiveness of God. And we need to realize that when the apocalypse happens, and I don't know that many people realize that apocalypse, that word, actually means revealing. It's the idea of a bridal veil being removed and the bride becoming visible. So it's this revealing. And when the revealing of God happens, we are going to be acutely aware of our sin. And so we need to preach this message right now today. Fear God for the kingdom of heaven is at hand and you desperately need atonement for your sins. You desperately need the forgiveness of Jesus because how can a good God send any of us to heaven? Because we are all wicked. We have all fallen short of his holiness. We all need a savior. The message that the second angel proclaims is this, that Babylon the great has fallen. And we're going to get into that in a little more detail in the upcoming chapters of who is Babylon the great. There's been a lot of debate about it. It's quite a controversial issue. And so you won't want to miss that video. And that's going to be coming up real soon. The third angel warned the people of earth not to take the mark of the beast. So who is the beast? The beast is the Antichrist and the Antichrist governmental system. And the Bible says that in that time, in that day, that you will only be allowed to buy and sell if you have that mark. But God warns the entire planet in his mercy and his love, he warns them sternly, do not take the mark. Do not take the mark of the beast because whoever takes the mark of the beast, they will have the full fury of God poured out upon them. Furthermore, we learn that those who take the mark of the beast are going to be tormented for eternity in burning sulfur in the presence of the holy angels. So this is not something to be taken lightly. This is something that is so important and that our God is so merciful that he is willing and sends an angel out to tell this to everyone on planet earth so that no one is unaware of the consequences of taking the mark of the Antichrist's kingdom, the mark of the beast. Over and over again in the scripture, the Bible tells us that believers will suffer before his return. And I want you to remember the three R's because these three things are linked together. The return of Christ, the resurrection of the dead, and the rapture of the saints. All three of those things are linked together in one event. And this is important to remember because we're going to read soon about the rap, excuse me, about the resurrection and that that has not happened yet. So if the resurrection of the dead hasn't happened yet, then the rapture also has not happened yet. These three things are linked together throughout scripture. The return of Christ, the resurrection of the dead first, and then the rapture of the saints. In other words, the gathering of the elect in the clouds to meet Jesus. So all of this brings us to Revelation chapter 15. How is God going to pour out his wrath upon the earth, his final 
final phases of his wrath. Let's read together in Revelation chapter 15. Then I saw another sign in heaven, great and marvelous, seven angels who had seven plagues, which are the last, because in them the wrath of God is finished. And I saw something like a sea of glass mixed with fire and those who had been victorious over the beast and his image and the number of his name standing on the sea of glass, holding harps of God. And they sang the song of Moses, the bondservant of God, the song and the song of the lamb saying, great and marvelous are your works, O Lord God almighty, righteous and true are your ways, king of the nations. Who will not fear you, O Lord, and glorify your name? For you alone are holy. For all the nations will come and worship before you. For your righteous acts have been revealed. So who are these that are standing on the sea of glass or next to the sea of glass mixed with fire? Who are they? The scriptures say it's those who had been victorious over the beast and his number and his image how have they been victorious? Well, we read in chapter 14 how they've been victorious because they were blessed because they died for their faith. They died in the Lord. So we see here a special reward for those who are willing to give the ultimate sacrifice, which is to give your life for the faith, for Jesus. And after these things, I looked and the temple of the tabernacle of the testimony of heaven was opened. You may have remembered from earlier times that we have talked about the things on earth being symbols of or shadows of the things in heaven. And so the earthly temple that God gave Moses instructions for was a foreshadowing of what was actually going on in heaven. Now here we have the temple of the tabernacle of the testimony in heaven and it's opened. And the seven angels who had the seven plagues came out of the temple clothed in linen, clean and bright, and girded around their chests with golden sashes. Then one of the four living creatures gave to the seven angels the seven golden bowls full of the wrath of God, who lives forever and ever. And the temple was filled with the smoke of the glory of God and from his power, and no one was able to enter the temple until the seven plagues of the seven angels were finished. When the holiness of God is revealed, we are filled with fear and awe and reverence at God. As we had read in Isaiah chapter six, when you're in the presence of God, you recognize his holiness and your lack of holiness. And also we see here these living creatures are mentioned. Now, what are these living creatures? This isn't the first time they're mentioned in the scriptures. They're actually mentioned in Revelation, in Revelation chapter 4, verses 6 through 8. And before the throne, there was something like a sea of glass, like crystal. And in the center and around the throne, four living creatures full of eyes in front and behind. The first living creature was like a lion, and the second creature was like a calf, and the third had the face like that of a man, and the fourth creature was like a flying eagle and the four living creatures each one of them having six wings are full of eyes around and within and day and night they do not cease to say holy 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 is the lord god the almighty who was and who is and who is to come 
These living creatures we also read about in Isaiah being around the throne. Remember that when we read about Isaiah and he said, Woe, I am a man of unclean lips. And one of them came and touched his lips with the coal to make him clean. These living creatures are also mentioned in Ezekiel 1 if you want even more information about these holy creatures that are about the throne of God. So we have this heavenly image of the temple being opened, the glory of God, the smoke of God filling the temple, and these angels coming out and being presented with the seven final bowls of the wrath of God that are about to be poured out on the earth. Do you want to know what those seven last plagues are? We're going to find that out when we study Revelation chapter 16. I want to thank you so much for joining us today. Don't forget to smash that subscribe button down below. And if you're enjoying this content, make sure to share it with your friends. This has been Dana with the Wisdom Calls channel and with WhatYourPastorNeverToldYou.com, helping you to understand the Bible better so that you can have a better relationship with God. Have a blessed day. Thank you for listening to the Wisdom Calls podcast. For more exclusive content, visit whatyourpastornevertoldyou.com. Sign up for emails and get updates. Also, there you'll find our Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube channels. Thanks for listening and join us next time.